1: into the PHLY Flyers postgame brought to you by Mortgage CS. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Let's get a a few more woos for a five-game winning streak. Woo! 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 All right, that's enough of that. Uh, It's really difficult to keep this going, but they're like 3-0 since we started doing the mask thing. And who am I to interrupt a hot... Streak. Of course, this is PHLY Flyers Pro game presented by Mortgage CS. Check out mortgagecs.com slash PHLY to start your home buying process today. Company NMLS ID number 1464766. We have to get right into this one. I don't even really know where to start. This was an exciting win for the Flyers. Like I said, five in a row. Things are going well for the Fly guys right now. And I'm going to ask Charlie again, has a rebuilding team ever won the Stanley Cup? Like, if right now they're contenders, what are they building to? Like, dynasty? Dynasty is the goal? It must be. They just absolutely dismantled the Dallas Stars. And Dallas, it's not as if they're in some downturn. Now, yes, they're missing Miro Haskin. And so before we get into all that, I know that they're missing An all-star caliber player, a uh, Norris-level defenseman throughout his career, But the Flyers don't have one of those, you know, and they've been missing guys plenty. It's not as if the Stars lack star power. You know, Joe Pavelski, uh, (laughs) lack star power. Can't think of anyone's name. But obviously the ageless Joe Pavelski, Jason Robertson, young star in this game. Tyler Sagan always kills the Flyers. Jamie Benn continues to be dangerous. Uh, And the Flyers just absolutely dismantled them. Uh, the score is one thing. It's indicative of what happened in this game, 5-1, to one, as we saw with the shot total. 43-15, to 15, they gave up one shot in the first period. Uh, just absolute freaking domination in this one. It's hard not to be excited about what these Flyers are right now. You know, I got a, uh, I got a series of tweets about the last show we did where we talked a lot about the idea of the Flyers potentially re-signing Nick Sealer. And we talked more in like the broad scope of like is that how you handle a rebuild? Is that what is best for this franchise long term? And while I still hold to the idea that like probably yeah, you should trade Nick Sealer. The person who tweeted me said too many there's just too much focus on the future right now when the team is really, really good. And I got to say, I agree. I agree with that person uh, who kind of, you know, while we're always going to focus on the rebuild because that's, like, that's what the front office says the focus is. So we're always going to have an eye on the future as well. I've been trying to say, man, you got to buy the ticket, take the ride with this team. You just got to get on board and see how this season happens because it's a, uh, It's almost like free money. You know, like we as fans, if you're in on this season, I feel like we as fans are playing with house money and we're getting enjoyable, really good winning hockey when I was not expecting it. I was not counting on it. And even the first couple of months of this season, I had an eye on like, okay, and when things start to go south, because obviously they will. Now listen, you look at the standings, Flyers right now, second in the Metro, a couple points behind the Rangers, but you look at the whole Metro, you look at the whole East, there's like a couple of teams at the very top, a couple of teams at the very bottom, and basically everyone else has the same record. Like a few bad weeks from the Flyers, we could be singing a different tune, but there's just absolutely no reason to think of that as inevitable right now because they keep giving us reason to believe that this is real, what we're seeing. Uh, first couple of shifts tonight kind of looked like I, – I, I'm talking like first literally 30 seconds, 90 seconds of this game – kind of looked like the stars had the jump. They came out and had a few chances. Only the one shot, Sagan had the scoring chance 30 seconds into the game. That turned out to be their only shot of the first period. And then the Flyers just kind of took over. And I want to ask Charlie what it is he sees this team doing that's, you know, allowed them to keep a team with the offensive talent, the offensive firepower that the Stars have to 14 shots in a game, what they've done over the last couple of weeks. You know, this was how many straight with 35 shots on goal? I think they said nine straight games with 35 shots on goal. They are killing it right now. There's no other way to put it. Uh, I wish I had more of a analytical take for you. I'm sure we'll get some out of Charlie, but excitement should be the only thing we're feeling for this team right now, especially considering and I know we have looking at our numbers like we we had good shows like uh, immediately following the Eagle season ending, even one on the night the season ended. We still had a pretty damn good audience. We've always had hockey only fans and out of town fans, maybe who don't care about the other sports in town. But I'm a four for four guy. You know, I am. I am all in on all the teams, uh, and so I. So too are many of our listeners. If this isn't the pick me up you needed, my God, it's it's just making me feel better about everything that's going on in Philadelphia sports. Uh, <laughs> Basically since basically since the end of Game Six of the uh, 2023 World Series, to be quite honest with you. Uh, so where to start tonight? I guess we need to start with Owen Tippett. He would be my first star of the game. We'll get Charlie's three stars of the game. I bet you Owen Tippett factors in if his, if he's not the uh, the overall first star. I I would guess he has two goals, both of them absolute beauties tonight. He scored in five of the last six games. Two tonight gives him. 18 on the season, something I absolutely loved about his goals tonight, just little thing. Scored in two different ways, uh, stepped into a wrister, top of the circle, off the face-off, shelved an absolute seed over, uh, over Jake Ottinger, and then on the rush, one-on-one, makes a spin move and beats Op- Ottinger upstairs with a backhand. I mean, if this dude figures out ways to score consistently outside of, well, I have a great shot. I'm just going to rip a great shot. He is going to be that 40-goal scorer we thought he was going to be at the beginning of this season. Uh, Charlie O'Connor earlier this week published an article with um, Grades. He did his midseason you know, report card for all of the flyers. He put out a one for all the forwards. I believe the defenseman has come out, but maybe it's not out yet. But I'm going to ask him about three guys in particular tonight from his forwards column, Uh, and it starts with Owen Tippett, who he graded a B for the first half of the season. (laughs) Since that official first half mark, the guy's been on an absolute freaking tear. I wonder if Charlie would be thinking, oh, you know, if it was – if if the halfway point was like game 45 or 50, would I be giving this guy an A? I absolutely think he's worthy of it now. And, you know, it's like thinking about Owen Tippett, the conversation so much about him has been, what's the next step for this guy? What else does he have to do? And, you know, for a while it was like, oh, I bet he finishes the season with the same 27-ish goals he had last year. And it's going to be the other part of his games coming along. Early in this game, I had the thought, you know, with his speed – his size, his puck skill, should he not be like the world's best four checker too? Like, would that not be a thing he should be doing? Like, first man in the zone, get that puck and work it so he can create himself a scoring chance, but what if the next part of his game is scoring even freaking more, and he takes himself from that 27 to 30 range into that 40 range, and suddenly Man, I know we talk about the Giroux trade, like that's a win. That Giroux trade was a win flat out. It might end up being an all-timer. And I, listen, I, I've said this so many times, I'm almost tired of saying it, but I think it's a good joke, so I'm going to say it again. I was, for almost about a year, opening up my thesaurus before episodes of Broad Street Hockey, trying to find synonyms for idiot because I was tired of repeating myself about Chuck Fletcher. Damn, if he didn't kill that trade, man. A first-round pick that we still haven't made. And Owen Tippett, who has got 18 goals already this season, goals in five of his last six. He is absolutely dominant right now. Uh, I'm interested to see what Charlie thinks is the next step for him. We're going to talk about some of those grades that he handed out uh, when he does, in fact, join the show. Uh, but right now, i got to tell you. i got to tell you about my friend's Our presenting sponsor, Mortgage CS. Uh, Mortgage CS, what's it stand for? I've told you plenty already, but it bears repeating. Mortgage Concierge Service means they're a white glove service. Their focus, their number one goal is to make you happy, man. It's all about the customer service right there for them. That's why Ben Stucker, CEO He's allowing us to put his phone number on our screen right now. If you're listening on Podform, 267-391-7425. Not only will Ben just bullshit with you about all the goings on in Philly sports. You know, maybe, hey, don't even talk to him about the Eagles. Ask him. Ask him about Owen Tippett. Ask him, does this dude have the ability to score maybe 50 goals one day? I bet you Ben will get back to you. But he doesn't just get back to you about sports. No, it's everything you need to know about the home buying process. I've told you plenty about my experience. I wish I had mortgage CS when I was going to buy a home because I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, You know who does... Ben and Alec at Mortgage CS, they are the experts in this field. They can walk you through it step by step, whether you're trying to get prepared to enter the market, you're in the market and you're not quite sure about your current lender, whatever it might be, Mortgage CS has the expertise to get you from where you are to where you want to be. When you hear the word mortgage, think of Mortgage CS. Think of Ben and his partner, Alec. Save the telephone number, which I gave you earlier. You can even email Ben, ben at mortgagecs.com. Call or text him anytime, day or night. Talk about your home buying, talk about fully sports, whatever you want, and check out mortgagecs.com slash phly to get started this advertisement is not a commitment to lend or extend credit mortgage cs is an equal housing opportunity mortgage broker all loans are subject to credit approval certain restrictions may apply company nmls id number one four six four seven six six visit mortgagecscom phly for more information all right we got one of the reads out of the way and I'm just so excited. I want to get to all the fun stuff that happened tonight cuz that was a that was an ass kicking. The Flyers handed uh were able to hand the Dallas Stars and it, you go back to earlier this season when they went to Dallas, they end up losing 5-4 in overtime and JJ on the broadcast even mentioned. They kind of took it to him in that game too. They lost 5-4, but not the best goaltending, kind of a weird back and forth game. The Flyers scored three shorties in that game and uh it didn't quite work out for them. And now they just seem to be firing on all cylinders where we're no longer talking about, Oh, well this was actually the perfect rebuild game. You know, they, uh, they looked really good guys stepped up, but they lost and that's fun. No, they played great. All three zones. The goalie was good. Even though he had his limited action, he made big saves when he had to. And they come away with another two big points. That's exciting. Uh, so we're going to talk about uh, Owen Tippett. I, I haven't asked Charlie about this. So he told me he was going to ask about the uh, Tippett using connect me stick thing. Next time he got the chance, I haven't asked him if he's had that chance yet, but things working. Uh, So I want to know if TK is charging Owen Tippett, Uh, maybe he's, Maybe he's like writing him IOUs based on the contract he's going to get this summer. That probably six plus million or so that Owen Tippett's putting him in line for. But we'll talk to Charlie when he joins the show. Uh, Another dude who has just absolutely stepped up of late. Morgan Frost uh, came in with jump once again, was one of the guys who looked strong from the very beginning, uh, and he gets a beautiful assist at some of that hockey IQ showing itself on Sean Walker's first period goal, picks up a second assist by going to the net and getting a stick on the puck that ultimately Cam Atkinson put in on the power play. Uh, but I just go back to that, uh, that January 4th scratch that uh, John Tortorella decided, you know, Morgan Frost, it's uh, it's you again. I'm calling your number to be up in the press box. You're not playing. And since then, he's been on fire. Seven points in seven games since then. Of course, the two assists tonight. I don't know if he's doing... Uh, he's doing a few little things differently. Um, he's not nearly as allergic to contact as he was. You can see him going into the boards, getting in there first to win puck battles. Uh, you see him going to the front of the net, like I said, to pick up the assist tonight. Things that maybe were missing from his game. So much of it seems to be confidence, though. The, uh, a little bit of his success for this guy leads to him having the confidence to make more of those high-skill plays that he was drafted to make. Yes, he was a late first-round pick, But he was still a first-round pick who was brought in here to create offense for this team, to use that puck skill he has, to use that vision, that passing ability especially, to set this team up for scoring chances. And suddenly, we are seeing that in abundance uh, with Morgan Frost, another guy whose grade I'm interested in discussing with Charlie. He gave him a B-minus when he wrote the article since then, he's been he's looked like an A-level player, so I'm really excited to talk about not only, and this is where we get into the future conversation. Yes, tonight and this season, it's huge what we're seeing out of Morgan Frost, but I have long been of the opinion it almost doesn't matter what Frost does because the head coach, who seems to have quite a bit of say in this thing, Doesn't see whatever he needs to see from a player to be part of this thing in Morgan Frost. That's changing. It absolutely has to be changing. Uh, He, uh, Tortorella today prior to, uh, prior to the game, I think it was during morning skate during his availability, pointed out Morgan Frost specifically, just said, you know, since the guy came into my office, he's looked, he just has had a different attitude. And maybe that's what Tortorella has been trying to get out of Frost all along. And it took a year and a half for it to really click for maybe it was just pushing Frost to a, to a breaking point of, I have to go argue with this guy because I actually think he's wrong now. You know, it's one thing to be a team player and not want to cause an issue in the locker room, especially this season when the team's winning so much. Uh, But it just seems as if he's reached a different level. And maybe, just maybe, we can credit big bad John Tortorella, who I know a lot of people, oh, I wonder why I wonder Kota Gochi I didn't want to play for the Flyers when that asshole is the coach. Well, you look at the guys who've bought in, whether it's TK since last season – uh, yeah, Morgan Frost recently. Owen Tippett finding another level. Obviously, Sandheim. You see, Sean Walker score again tonight. Uh, he's picking his offense back up after a bit of a lull. We can go down the roster and name guys who are stepping up, becoming a better player than they were before John Tortorella got here. And I got to say, if you're afraid to play for John Tortorella, you might just not have what it takes. You know, that's that's what it comes down to. And it looked for a little bit maybe Morgan Frost was just not going to be a guy who had what it took to play for John Tortorella. Shit! If it doesn't look like he's that kind of guy now, he's one of the most productive players on this team. Uh, even with the uh, even with the low end production he had in the first part of this season, going back to the second half of last year, it's hard to argue with Frost production, and he seems to be taking his game to another level. And it's going to be about constantly. Constantly improving for him. I don't think he's, I don't think he's in a place where if he has a bad week, Torts is gonna go, oh, well, he's earned himself some time. I can absolutely see if things start to dip again for Frost, he finds himself back in that press box. But maybe that's the motivation Frost needs to show that he's this level of player and that he has cemented himself in. You know, Bobby Brink, uh not in the lineup tonight. And a couple of games ago when they're in Minnesota in his home state. John Tortorella said, yeah, this was a tough decision, but Bobby Brink has not cemented himself as an everyday NHL player yet. It seems maybe it took a little longer than any of us wanted to. It seems like Morgan Frost has got himself to that level, and so I just have to ask you, he's going to be a part of this thing, isn't he? Uh, I didn't think that was going to be the case. I really thought it, it... like, if Morgan Frost makes it somewhere else, if he finally has, if he becomes the next Justin Williams or Patrick Sharp, it's just going to be a tip of the cap to Morgan Frost. He wasn't going to do it here. He's doing it here, man. He's proven me wrong. He might be proving John Tortorello wrong. And he's maybe proving the organization right. Uh, specifically, Danny Briere, who has had a lot of confidence in Morgan Frost. We've heard, like, if there are two opinions in this organization on Frost, it's, well, Brière and his camp think that he has something. And Tortorella, it's like, well, maybe not so much. He's proven the doubters wrong right now. I hope the kid keeps it up. Uh, I would love to see Morgan Frost be a part of this thing. If for no other reason, it's one less dude the Flyers have to go find somewhere else. If he is a productive 3C for this team, that's, a, that's something you really need. What are teams, uh, cup contending teams. What are they always looking for at the deadline? They usually have their top-end guys. How can we get better? We can make our depth better. Morgan Frost looks like a great depth player. You look at a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's been their problem for years. I mean, you see the Leafs in playoff games and go, "Yo, all their stars score. You know? do they? They need to score twice as much to win, but all their stars do what they do. They get absolutely no depth scoring. That's what the Flyers are getting right now, and they're getting it out of Morgan Frost. They would kill for a guy like him, uh, and the Flyers have it. It's very, very encouraging, and to go along with the, I guess the two things probably have quite a bit to do with each other. The power play. It's not a shock to me that Morgan Frost looks good, and so too does the power play. Uh, six power play goals in the last seven games for the Flyers, 29% over that time frame. We have been begging for, listen, I don't need them to be a 30% team. I don't need them to be the best power play in hockey. I need base level competence. I'm talking 17, 18, 19%, not the nine and 10 that we've been getting for the first half of this season. 29 is pretty fucking good, man. <laughs> they are, they, they go one for four tonight, brings their percentage actually down over the last seven games with that 25%. They're at 30 coming in, uh, but 29%, uh, that's, that's great. And yes, the addition of Jamie Drysdale has obviously probably bolstered a little bit, but Drysdale missed the last couple of games and uh, Morgan Frost comes in, gets that power play assist tonight. You're just seeing things start to come together. And I guess that's really the change in conversation we're having about this team is even a couple of weeks ago, I thought we're probably going to start seeing things decline. You know, we, As teams start to turn it on, you know, John Tortorella said, you don't really know what you have until the end of January. Teams really start to turn it on and focus as they prepare for an actual playoff run. This thing's going to be decided in the last few months. I figured, okay, as other teams lift their level, the level the Flyers are at, that's what they are. They don't have another gear. And when teams start to match them, talent will win out and the Flyers will start to decline. They're getting better, man. I, I, holding a team, I don't care who the Dallas Stars were missing. Holding any team in the NHL to 14, 15 shots on goal is absolutely freaking impressive. And I am excited about where this thing can go, dude. thats I, I don't know what else to say about this team right now other than <sighs> buy that ticket, take that ride. I've been trying to make that a thing. <laughs> But I like whenever I I come up with phrases like that, and it's not like a phrase I came up with. I stole it from Hunter Thompson. Uh, But (laughs) whenever I come up with like taglines, I always forget them after a show or two. And then it's like, well, so much for that. Uh, But that's all. That's what I'm advocating for with this team. Buy the ticket. Take the ride. And now it is time to talk to Philadelphia's number one hockey beat reporter. It is Charlie O'Connor. Charlie, can you hear me?
0: Uh, I can hear you, Bill. How you doing?
1: Woo! We have Charlie O'Connor tonight, buddy. I am, I am flying high. Uh, I, it's hard to even know where to begin tonight. Cause this was such an impressive game in my mind. You, you hold the stars. I mean, one shot in the first period, uh, 14 for the game. This is not a, uh, this is not the Montreal Canadiens. Like, yeah, they come out and they come out and dominate the Habs. Cool. Uh, who cares? You know, that's a shit team. The Stars are really freaking good with or without Miro Heiskanen. So I guess my first question is, what are they doing that it enables them to limit to the, the Stars to you know, one shot in the first, four through 30 minutes, 14 through the game? Like, what is it that this team does specifically that shuts down opposing offenses?
0: Well, I think the speed of this game, at least the way that they won this game, uh, we're kind of planted about a month ago. Uh, if you think back, they lost to the natural predators four to two. They were in the midst of a pretty good run, um, and that game apparently really concerned John Torrell John Torrell came up in front of the media after the game and basically said, "This team is going to need, how, need to learn how to force you. that. Well, I know we've been scoring a ton of goals off the rush. You know, I know that's been the bulk of our offense so far, and that's good, but." There are some games where you're gonna to have to go in there and you're just gonna to have to win a game by four-checking. And over that next couple weeks, the Flyers struggled. And I think what you saw was the byproduct of a team that had let some of their habits slip. They were they were not having the same attention to detail. They were maybe over relying on the rush a bit. Because they were so excited about how well it was working, and it was just like, well, we can just game the zone with control every time and try to score every goal that way and do that on every play. And I think that it took them a while to kind of recalibrate, but I do believe that Tortorella and the coaching staff recognized an issue, and basically were like, all right, guys, the rush is great, but we need to forecheck sometimes. I thought in the first period tonight. They own this game via the four check. Dallas is a great team. They're a really good team. John Tortorella actually, after the game, said that he thinks, which is, I mean, it's honestly the perfect thing to say after you beat a team 5-1 to one because it makes you seem even better for doing it. But John Tortorella said he thinks the Dallas Stars are the best team in the league. Regardless of where they are in the standings, he looks at their lineup, their roster, and he thinks they are the best team in hockey. This was going to be a really tough game, and I think what the Flyers did in this game was they just forecheck checked them to death. And by 4 check, I don't necessarily mean they dumped it in every time and then just like spent the entire game in the corner. They checked this team hard. They gave them no space. They gave them no time. Their sticks were all over the place. You know, they were blocking shots. They they were closing gaps real tight. They were killing plays in the neutral zone. And this was a forechecking clinic by the Philadelphia Flyers. And i it's not that I think that, you know, doubt that the Flyers are this much better than the Stars. I think that the Stars may have honestly been a little surprised that the Flyers were this tenacious in their checking. But this is the way the Flyers will have to perform against teams like the Stars if they want to do this. Because you're not going to win a trade chances battle with the Stars the same way that you can win it. Like, when they played St. Louis in the final game of that road trip, they traded chances with the Blues. And it was just that the Flyers are more talented than the Blues. The Blues are not a good team. If they tried to play that game against the Stars, they would have probably lost seven to five. Instead, they play four-check center game, the game that John Tortorella a month ago told them they were going to have to learn how to play if they want to win games in January and February and March. And they took the Stars to the cleaners. And I just don't think the Stars are ready for it.
1: It's, uh, buddy, I am I am pumped by this win. Like I. I feel something about this team after this win. Now I know you and I talked about like, when you look at the standings, like a couple of bad weeks, it's a totally different conversation. But as I keep seeing this season go along, I I just don't, I don't feel the inevitable dip coming the way I did. Maybe even a few, a few games ago Uh, when I, when I see adversity happen, I'm watching them now like respond to it. And ultimately overcome it and that's a really really good sign I don't know if this team can win the freaking Stanley Cup I doubt it but dumb shit happens sometimes you know that's all I'm saying Chuck I don't need you to respond to that because I know it's insanity uh I'm just saying (laughs) um You wrote a couple of columns this week, uh, grading, giving out your mid-season grades for guys. And I want to talk about three of the forwards specifically. Don't worry, not giving away all your content. Go to allphly.com. Make sure you read Charlie's stuff. It's always dope. Uh, But I'm going to start tonight with Owen Tippett. And I actually think we have some of the the player cards. I want to see if we can do this graphics-wise for you. Uh, You give Owen Tippett for his mid-season grade a B, which I'm – do bees get degrees. As I always said, that's not quite <laughs> it. There it is right there. Uh, now he's scored a goal in five of the last six games, two goals tonight to get to him eight to get to 18 on the season. Um, we, we talk about what the next step is for him. And during the early portion of this game tonight, just a thought in my head, like this dude has all the speed in the world. He's big and he's got some outstanding puck skill, as we saw on display tonight. He should be an absolute phenom on the four check, along with being like, you know, the goal scoring threat that he is. Maybe that's the next level of his game. Watching what he did tonight and score in two vastly different ways, both impressive, is the next level of his game 40 plus goal score? Like, it's actually real now. You can actually see that, oh, he can be that guy. Is that what you see in him?
0: I mean, I think everybody sees it. And I I asked, um, I asked Scott Lawton after the game, you know, I basically said, look, everybody knows that Owen Tippett's a good player. It's no secret. He's good. But when you watch him and you see him do things like he did tonight, like he did in St. Louis, do you see a guy who you think can be an all-star? And he said, absolutely, you know, you, you watch him on the bench and basically said, like, there are times where, you know, he will just go end to end and might not even score a goal on the play. But he just carries the puck through the entire opposing team from deep in the defensive zone all the way to the net. And Lawton will just sit back and be like, this kid is freaking good. And, and I think Tortorella sees it. I think they all see it. Like and, and look, who knows if Owen Tippett is going to take because to me with Tippett, it's not about whether he has the talent. Everybody knows he has the talent. You watch these games, you can see he has the talent. You don't make a play like the one he made in the third period. The you don't score a goal like that if you don't have high-end talent. There's a reason why the guy was drafted as high as he was. The thing with Tippett is, can he do it nine games out of ten rather than just three or four games out of ten? And that's going to be the question. And, and as exciting as his hot streak is, this doesn't tell you that he definitely can do that. Guys are streaky. Goal scorers are streaky. Almost every player is streaky. Right now, Owen Tippett is on an extreme hot streak where he is just feeling it. He's feeling like he could do anything that anything that he wants with the puck right now, and that's great. The ability's there. We know the ability's there. Now it just comes down to whether he can do it night after night after night. Now, over these last couple weeks, he's been doing it night after night after night. Two weeks is not a season make. Two weeks is not a career make. The reason why I gave him a B is because I know he has another year. Everyone knows he has another gear. And for the first two months of the season, everyone on social media was complaining about how much he missed the net. I was literally having a conversation with people in the media room today at at Morning Skate about how much Owen Tippett misses the net and how much better he would be if he hit the net. Like, Owen Tippett has another gear. What he's showing us over this stretch is that gear. But the question is whether he can provide that gear in 80% of games, rather than 30% of games, that's what's going to decide whether he takes that leap. Right now, he's he's clearly a 30 goal scorer. I know he had 27 last year, but like, talent, like he's a 30 goal scorer. He's a guy you can depend upon for 30 goals. If he wants to be a 40 goal scorer, a 50 goal scorer, even, he's going to have to have games like this on the regular. I think he can do it. I think he has the ability, but consistency and ability, in my mind, you know, there, it, it's the whole thing of being a high variance player. I just think that he needs to show over the course of the full season that he can do this more often than not. So far he's showing us he can do it. Now he needs to show us he can do it consistently. All
1: right. Uh, since you mentioned uh, he the missing the net stuff, I have to, uh, I have to ask, did you get any more information? I know Tortorella kind of mentioned it today at morning skate, the switching of the stick. Have you, have you got any further information on that the using the Travis Konechny stick uh helping his game whatsoever have do you have anything else on that have you been able to talk to anyone about it
0: No so it, it, basically I, I, my guess is keep an eye out on the inquiry because basically what happened was was that by the time we got into the locker room Owen Tippett had already like taken off his equipment and was away um, Jackie from the Enquirer asked, like, can I have, Owen Tippett tip it back and with a one-on-one. It seemed like her angle was about to stick. I wasn't going to jump into her one-on-one, especially when she asked first. So okay. she's probably going to get that story first.
1: I just, I thought it was interesting that it came up today and I could have asked you before the show, but it's more fun when we just do shit live and I don't know the answers. Uh, but I will say like going back to that St. Louis game, 11 attempts, 10 were on goal. Tonight, he had eight attempts, obviously the two scores. Now, two of his shots got blocked. I guess you want to try to find a way to get those through, but of his eight attempts, only one missed the net tonight, and that's two games in a row where he's credited with only one miss, and he's shooting a ton. That seems to be a real nice step in the right direction for Owen Tippett. I hope he's able to keep that going consistently because a a dude with this skill set, if he just gets that many shots on goal regularly – He's going to score all the time. Like, that's just, he's that good. We can see it when it happens. That's just, that's what that next level is. Uh, and, the and next
0: and Another another thing I want to point out with Owen Tippett, too, and this is something I was talking about in the press room today with, uh, with Jim Jackson and Brian Boucher, is that another thing that will allow Owen Tippett to score more goals is just getting more minutes. Like, he's not averaging that many minutes this year. He's averaging fewer minutes than last year. If you look at his all-situations shot volume metrics, uh, in terms of shot attempts per 60, and um, this is all situations. This isn't just five-on-five. This is every situation. In terms of shot attempts per 60 this year, he entered tonight's game second in the NHL, only to David Pasternak. In terms of – and you could say, oh, yeah, but he misses the net so much. Okay, he does miss the net a fair amount. However, if you're just looking at shots on goal for 60 – he is third in the NHL behind only David Pasternak and Brady Tkachuk. He puts a lot of shots on net given the amount of time he's on the ice. If you start giving him 18, 19 minutes a night instead of 15, 16 minutes a night, those goal numbers are going to go up naturally just because he's going to go by pure volume. And as long as he keeps shooting this much and as long as he keeps hitting the net this much, he's going to score more naturally. And then if he gets more accurate, and if this is the new the new Owen Tippett, then suddenly. The sky truly is the limit. Uh,
1: another guy I was excited to talk to you about tonight, and luckily he gave us a reason to. It's Morgan Frost, who you graded out at a, uh you graded out as a B minus for your mid grade. I thought he was one of the dudes who showed a lot of jump early tonight. Uh, I thought his uh, maybe. Four or five minutes into the game, he had a shift that I really thought got the team going. Like, from there, they kind of never really looked back. Uh, Picks up a couple of assists. The first one, the beautiful play to Sean Walker to set up that first period goal. Also got his uh, stick on a puck that ultimately led to the Cam Atkinson goal. Two assists tonight, seven points in his last seven games. And that is, of course... Since his last scratching on January 4th, he has those seven points in seven games. What can you tell me about uh, what you saw from Morgan Frost tonight?
0: I thought he was the best player on the ice for the Flyers. Full stop. There's a reason why he was my number one star. I had the star duties at the Wells Fargo Center, (laughs) so I will just basically be repeating them when you ask me for my three stars. I thought he was the best player on this. As great as Owen Tippett was, that that highlight reel goal, that's a garbage time goal. It's awesome. It's it's one that's going to, you know, I think Scott Lawton said that the guys in the locker room afterwards referred to it as a sports center top ten goal. It was fun. (laughs) It was awesome. It'll be on the highlight reels. It doesn't really matter that they won five to one instead of four to one. What matters is getting that goal at the end of the first period when you are a minute away from not taking advantage of a massive shot differential edge and possibly going into the first intermission tied 0-0 when you know you dramatically outplayed the other team. You know what also is important? Setting up the goal at the start of the third period when the other team, they know they've been outplayed for 40 minutes. All they, know, all they have to do is survive a minute or so of the power play to start the third, and then suddenly you start thinking, man, we don't deserve to be in this game, but we are. And we get one good bounce, and suddenly we might be able to steal this one. Morgan Frost was a major part of setting up that Cam Atkinson goal. I thought from a leverage standpoint, Morgan Frost made the most, most important plays in this game. And I thought on the whole, from start to finish, like Tibbet had a couple great plays. Morgan Frost had a great game. I thought he was stellar tonight.
1: Uh, I absolutely did too. So I got to ask the question, is he, is he playing differently in your mind or maybe like we always hear as young players make their way through the league, they improve because they see it and like the game slows down for them. Do you think he has like changed the way he's playing or maybe he just has enough experience now to know what to do more often like what has led to this morgan frost seemingly taking his game to another level cuz even last year in those final 55 games we've talked about this before but like okay he's putting up points he seems to be uh ha- he seems to have some pretty good uh chemistry with owen tippett But if you were to look at those two guys, it was like, well, Tippett's taking over games and Morgan Frost, when you look at the box score at the end, it's like, oh, he had a point tonight. Nice. Uh, Like, he looks like a different guy to me. What is he doing differently?
0: I think it's just confidence. I really do. To me, the biggest thing I've noticed over the last few games, especially in terms of What's been different now versus what it was like in the first couple months of the season is just the pace he was playing at, and we've we've talked about this. We talked about this in the post-game show after the St. Louis game. I thought I saw that again tonight. He's just playing faster. You know, you said about is the game slowing down for him? I mean, maybe it is, but I think the game is speeding up for him in the sense that he's doing everything quicker he's attacking with, with control of the puck quicker. He's making decisions quicker. You know, that, that passed the to Walker tonight, I thought was amazing. Like it wasn't totally no look. He said he saw him out of the corner of his eye when he turned to, to get the puck, but we I mean, didn't have a lot of view of him. And that part, that passes a perfect pass right to a guy to set up a breakaway, you know, you score a key goal for the team. I, I think it's confidence. I think he's just feeling good about himself. And, you know, we, we talk about the, the impact of a scratch and, I don't think it was a case of, you know, I got scratched and now I'm ready to go. But I do think the combination of him having that meeting with Tortorella, then him having a really good game right after, and then Tortorella being like, this is exactly what I wanted from Morgan Frost. Like, I I don't know. There's an element here where it's just like Frost finally got the praise from Daddy that he's been waiting (laughs) for his entire life. And now it's just like, now I can just go. Like I've been, I've been trying to get this approval for a year and a half from this guy He finally gave it to me. And it's almost like he's just playing with a weight lifted off the shoulders right now.
1: No, that's absolutely what it is. And earlier in the show, I said, like, it seems as if the confidence, like some success for Morgan Frost then leads to him being willing, like having the confidence to attempt high skill plays. And he was drafted to make high skill plays. I realize he wasn't a top 5 pick, but he's still a first rounder and his thing is going to be creating offensive zone chances for this team. He's been doing that a ton, and so I don't think it's a coincidence that along with this Morgan Frost hot streak, 7 points in his last 7 games, the power play has been far more successful. Uh 6 power play goals in the last 7 games, they're 29% over that time frame. Obviously, when they bring in Jamie Drysdale, like that's a bump. But you know, he missed a couple of games there. He's only played in three of the five games he's been uh, available for for the Flyers. Uh, is it is it Morgan Frost leading to this power play success? Is it just finally finding a combination that works? Why has the power play been better? And don't tell me it's just positive regression because we've been over that plenty.
0: I, I mean, it is partially that I do think I, I think they have a, a better plan now. I do. I think that they are. They, they've clearly cleaned up a lot of the entry issues, which were a big problem the first part of the year. They're getting more pucks on net and they're getting some bounces. And then I, I do think the impact of dry sale has helped. The impact of Igor Amul has helped. They have more stability up top. I just think that it's a combination of a lot of things. I do think that regression is part of it. They were bound to score some goals at some point. They're getting some bounces now. You know, they're taking a lot of shots still from distance. They are. That is not the way that you create a, you know, 28 percent power play like you're not going to be top of the league with that strategy but what it does allow for is it allows for you to potentially take advantage of good bounces you know take a shot it bounces off of a guy's leg it gets a good deflection and you know goalie doesn't see a shot and then there's a big rebound that you can put in like the flyers on their power play are not going to be scoring a ton of super high skill goals they're just not going to be able to do it but if they're getting in the zone with regularity, if they're getting set up with, with regularity and efficiency, and then they're just firing away and they're generating a lot of shots, they're naturally going to score more goals than they were when they were doing zero things right the first part of the
1: year. <laughs> zero things right. Uh, I guess the last guy I wanted to talk to you about in terms of the grades you gave him uh, is Cam Atkinson. Scores on the power play tonight. Uh, third goal in the last three games. He has seemed like... A much improved player since that scratching against the Columbus Blue Jackets, his old team. Nine shots on goal tonight. Nine shots on goal. He seemed he was uh, he was (laughs) shooterish. No, he seemed dangerous tonight and has for the most part over the last couple of weeks. You graded him out for the first season as a C minus. How big is it for this team to be getting anything out of Cam Atkinson?
0: It's huge. And it's funny. One of the one of the people in my comment section actually said, like, he should have gotten the same same grade as Lawton. And I I do that. I mean, fans always are going to run into this. There is a bit of recency bias like Cam Atkinson. if I'm grading him on the entire first half, he was legitimately a really impactful player for the first month or so of the year. And that is part of the first half. Like he scored, I think it was eight goals in his first 15 games. And that was maybe him playing a little bit on adrenaline, maybe the balancing were going his way, but he was a really impactful top six caliber forward for the first month and a half. Then for the next month and a half, he was essentially invisible and at times even worse than invisible. He was actively a detriment to the flyers winning games. It just seems like he's playing looser now. Um, I think honestly, the scratching of him worked really well because as we talked about on the show, John Tortorella more or less said, I respect him too much and let him keep going down this path. And I don't think he meant keep going down the path of not scoring goals. What I think he meant was Atkinson's process was falling off a cliff. Atkinson was getting so frustrated that he wasn't doing the right things anymore. He was just cherry-picking, hoping that a goal would just go his way because he's Cam Atkinson and he deserves it. And Tortorella was like, look— The way you were playing two and a half weeks ago when you were getting a ton of shots and chances and you just weren't scoring, that was frustrating to me because you're a goal scorer and you got to score. But I wasn't worried about you. I'm worried about you now because now you're not doing anything that will allow you to score a lot of goals at the NHL level. Ever since that scratch, he went back to being the guy getting shots and chances who just wasn't scoring. And the thought process was if the process stays strong, eventually the goals are going to come. I think that's what's happened. I think he got the process back on track. Now he's finally getting rewarded with the results. And then results bring better results because then you get confident. You feel better about yourself. And then you start having games where you get nine shots on goal because you believe your shots are going to go in now.
1: I, uh, I got a few more minutes here for you, Charlie. But first, I got to take quick time out to tell all of our listeners about Rocket Money Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with just a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service, which is a dream come true for me, uh, and they'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes Takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over five million users and has helped save its members an average of seven hundred and twenty dollars a year, with over five hundred million dollars in canceled subscriptions. Like I say, you you have these. Subscription services is a couple bucks here. It's a couple bucks there. Auto delivery stuff, streaming. You're like, oh, it's a few bucks. It all adds up. The average is $720 a year for Rocket Money users. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash PHLY. That's rocketmoney.com slash PHLY. Rocketmoney.com slash PHLY. All right, Charlie. Um, I guess we have to talk. You know, what? no, I don't want to do that tonight either. So let's talk about Jamie Drysdale. Comes back into the lineup. I guess he's not a. Uh, he is not a resident of Ellis Island. He is not disappearing. He's not. He's not dead. We have found him. We have confirmation of life. He comes in, plays over eighteen minutes in his first game back. Um, I, I texted you about a specific play he made, but first. I just want to ask, Jamie Drysdale returns, what did you think of uh, of number nine in his first, you know, his, the beginning of his second stint with the Flyers after a little vacation he took there?
0: Yeah, I thought he was good. I, I don't think he was incredible. I don't think this is a standout game in the sense that I watched and I felt like he was one of the three or four best flyers on the ice, but I thought he was good. You know, he, he skated well. there was one shift, I believe it was in the first period with him and Sandheim where they were just moving around the offensive zone for like a good 40 seconds, trading spots and both being the plus skaters that they are. And you're like, damn, if, if this is a long-term pair, this is going to be miserable on the cycle for teams to defend with these two defensemen, both skating, like, like, good skating forwards and just flying around, you know, circling the, the zone and jumping down into a, uh, into a scoring area. I bet he was good. Um, his underlying metrics in the game are, are more than solid. Now the Flyers obviously dominated puck possession in this game in general, but uh, when, um, when Drysdale was on the ice, the Flyers controlled about 71% of the expected goals, it's pretty damn good. So no complaints on the, uh, you know, on the advanced stat side. I thought he had a strong game and uh, and he didn't look any worse for the wear after missing a few due to illness, Bill. Illness. He was sick.
1: Charlie, I don't, uh, you know, just because I'm presenting someone's opinion, I want all opinions to be heard on this show. No, You're I'm like Pat McAfee, you know, I'm just presenting <laughs> you Aaron Rodgers and his crackpot nonsense. And you can do with that what you will, but I don't want to be accused of, uh, I, I, um, that's probably going to be the thing that blows up now. Uh, someone's going to cut that part, <laughs> but no, uh, the, the play I asked you about specifically in a text during the game was Dallas scores in the second period to make it to one, uh, Sean, Sean Walker is the guy who like will be credited with the, with the giveaway, with the turnover on the play. He seemed a little casual to me on the play. Maybe he could have just been a little tougher on the puck, but the Flyers win a defensive zone face-off. Jamie Drysdale looks like he's going to skate the puck behind the net. Maybe he's running out of room and just reverses it back up the right wing wall to Walker, and that's when the turnover occurs. Did you think maybe Drysdale could have skated it or wrapped it up the left wing wall, done something other than what he did, or that's just like, eh, shit happens?
0: It was a little bit of an awkward play. I'm not going to deny that. Just curious. Um, that said – I do pin more of the blame on Walker. I think Walker, while he didn't have a ton of time with the puck, he had enough time at the very least to chip it off, you know, off the boards and further up and get it out of a dangerous area. Uh, to me, when I watched that play, it looked like the winger um, was a little bit late in trying to get over to the far boards to make himself a, uh, you know, an, an option for a rim around the boards pass. Um, Look, this might be a situation where Drysdale makes a better decision if he's more familiar with the Flyers' defensive zone system with what they do on breakouts with responsibilities and things like that. That's very possible. But I didn't watch that goal and and think that he was secretly the one primarily at fault. To me, yeah, he probably could have made a slightly smarter play with the puck. Maybe in retrospect, it would have been better if he just – Takes it into the corner, and eats it because at least then there isn't a turnover. But he can't predict that Walker is going to be a little slow making a decision with the puck. I think Walker had enough time to make a decision. It doesn't turn out the way it turns out, so I put most of the blame on Walker. Dryzel could have made a better decision, I guess, but I think Walker's the one in my mind who's who's most at fault there. Uh,
1: all I know is, dry guy, the fly guy. He wants to be here, Charlie. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not pushing that for any specific reason other than, you know, for my own, uh, you'll all see probably now, um, another dude you love. I want to, I'm going to talk about a bit for a minute. Noah Cates, uh, second game back from, you know, a what seven week injury. Uh, he looked to be playing on the wing again tonight. Um, yep,
0: he, was, yeah.
1: he was everywhere. Uh, Noah Cates, uh, I don't know how we thought of this guy as a defense-only player, quite honestly. <laughs> he looks like an offensive force at times, and I don't think it's a coincidence that you have Noah Cates in the lineup and the Flyers have one of their best four checking games of the season now.
0: That's a really good point. I didn't even think of the forechecking element, but yeah, he definitely brings that. And he brought that on, on more than a few shifts in this game. You're just being strong along the boards where you can have, I guess, the F1. Um, so I think that absolutely is a, is a really good observation on your part. He was really active, especially in the first period. And there were a couple plays where he could have scored. Look, Noah Cates is going to have to score some points to if we're going to say that he can be an offense guy and i'm a big noah Cage fan i talked to him uh, after the morning skate today and i basically asked look like maybe one of the reasons why you're struggling at the beginning of the year is because you were trying to add that offense to your game now that you're back you can kind of use this as like a you know a fresh start almost a new season but are you coming in with the intention of injecting that offense right away or do you kind of want to get back to basics and then maybe add it when you're fully comfortable and he said yeah like look I know what my strengths are I know what I want to ultimately add to my game but in the here and now trying to get over a seven week layoff basically starting over starting the season over that he's going to play to his strengths and I think his strengths are smart plays with the puck good for checking along the boards and just being in the right spot and I thought tonight he had all those things in addition to the fact that he had jumped and I think, you know, some of this is just adrenaline. He wants to make up for lost time. And I respect the hell out of that. You know, he missed a good portion of the first half of the season. He knows he only has a second half to really make his, put his stamp on the 2023-2024 season. And I think these first two games, you've seen a guy who wants to make up for lost time. And I respect the hell out of that.
1: Charlie, I guess, I guess now without further ado, it is time for Mr. O'Connor's three stars of the game. You, of course, were on three-star duty At the Wells Fargo Center, four Flyers stars tonight. So I will, I will allow you to be the professional broadcaster. I know you have in you, and recycle the content because that's what it's all about, baby. Uh, And give us, but just give us. It's time for your three stars. Let's start it with number three.
0: Yeah, well, they're all guys we've talked about already. Uh, My third star was Cam Atkinson. I just thought that you know that. Third period goal was essential to locking down this win. Because if you continue to give the Dallas Stars life only down one goal after basically playing crap hockey for the first 40 minutes, all it takes is one bad bounce and suddenly you might lose this game. The fact that Atkinson was able to come through with that big goal early in the third, because from that point on, the Flyers just completely took control. I don't know if they take control. Of the third period, if Hackett scores doesn't score that goal, because then suddenly you're giving Dallas hope. With that goal, they gave Dallas no hope at all. It was okay. With the way that Dallas is playing, with the way the Flyers are playing, there's no way they're coming back from a two goal deficit. And that two goal deficit ultimately turns into a four goal deficit because Dallas just realized this wasn't our night. If Hackett doesn't score there, maybe they think. Yeah, maybe this could be our night. And, and I thought not only was that goal essential to locking down this win, I thought he just had a good game all around. I said earlier, nine shots on goal. He was active all game. I thought he was physical. They're no, not in the sense of throwing big hits, but I he was he was engaged. He was battling for pucks. I, I really like to see that from Cam because I guess what he's doing when he's playing his best hockey. I just thought he was a, a no-brainer choice for the uh, for the third star of this game.
1: I was wondering what number three would be. I think Cam Atkinson is a great choice for it. Let's get star number
0: two. Star number two, Owen Tippett. Um, Owen Tippett was already going to be one of my three stars even before he gets that ridiculous highlight real goal. He locked himself in as the number two star after he gets that ridiculous highlight real goal. He had a good game. He had a good game, and he had two absolutely fantastic plays. Um, I don't think this was as dominant all around of a game compared to the one he had in St. Louis, where I thought he was the best player on the ice from start to finish, but I thought he had a few shifts where he looked like the best player on the ice. And obviously that goal he scored in the third period, he certainly looked like the best player on the ice period. And given some of the guys that are on the other side for Dallas, that's pretty damn impressive because they have some all-stars on that team. Um, Tippett's rolling. He's got six goals in his last six games. He's just feeling it. And uh, he's my number two star.
1: And now this might be a little anticlimactic. You've already called him the best player on the ice tonight. Star number one.
0: Yeah, Morgan Frost, my my number one star. There's a people on Twitter giving me a little bit of crap. We're making him number one over... Uh, Over Owen Tippett, my thing is that, you know what, Morgan Frost made the plays when the game was still in doubt. He made the big plays. Owen Tippett had the highly real goal. Morgan Frost, if we're talking about this in baseball terms, I think Morgan Frost had more win probability at it than Owen Tippett did. Because it was Morgan Frost's plays that I think locked down this win for the Flyers much more than Owen Tippett's highly real goals. Not saying that that second goal of a it wasn't important, because it was. Uh, by the second goal, I don't mean his second goal. I mean the second goal of the game. That goal off a faceoff was great. But I thought Frost, on a shift-by-shift basis, was fantastic tonight. And I think he's just as much as Tippett, kind of riding the high of this, uh, this groundswell of confidence that he has right now.
1: Charlie, I love it. I love when you do something a little controversial because it's attention for us. That's outstanding. And Morgan Frost, quite honestly, he might have been – the like, you might be right. He might have been the first star tonight despite Owen Tippett's two goals. So, I think I might agree with you, quite honestly. Hey-o. We'll see. Maybe I'll watch this one again. I'll probably just go home and have a few beers. Before I let you go, um, one semi-controversial moment tonight on the ice, the Scott Lawton penalty shot goal – When it happened in real time, I thought he might have moved backwards. When I saw the replay, I think it was clean. What did you think?
0: Honestly, I know people complain about this sometimes. I think the officials give... The players a pretty wide, you know, berth on this, where like you have to be really obviously taking the puck backwards or stopping entirely or whatever to actually get whistled on that. Like it has to be blatant. I don't think this was blatant. I think this was borderline. Uh, Lawton actually said after the game we asked about it. He said that the, the officials did come over and, and talk uh, after the goal to uh, to Tortorella and the Flyers about it, but they let it stand. I just think that look it's hard enough to beat goalies on a breakaway in a shootout to be honest with you to me if it's in doubt give the shooter some some slack because it's real hard to beat these goalies these days, man.
1: It certainly is, and it's real hard to beat Jay Ottinger. Flyers did it five times tonight in a 5-1 win. Charlie, we will be back. I will see you again on Saturday and Sunday for back-to-back post-games. matinees. 1 o'clock starts down at the Wells Fargo Center against Colorado and Ottawa. I will talk to you then, my friend. Have a great Thursday and Friday.
0: All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Bill.
1: That was Charlie O'Connor down at the Wells Fargo Center live after covering the game. He had three-star duty amongst the beats tonight and then gave us the three stars. I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, Something else I love, you know that I am just the biggest fan of FOCO, baby, because FOCO has the absolute best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. Whether you're looking for team apparel for the season ahead, you know they have the overalls they have hoodies hats sunglasses bags anything you need for game day or maybe you need some accessories toys collectibles or novelty items for your man cave she shed or podcast set you've got to use Foco for all your team gear needs Foco always has our back for Philly sports and they have yours too. get the best gear around by using the link in the description of this show and for all non pre-sale items use promo code PHLY10 that's promo code PHLY10 for 10% off at Foco today I actually just uh, actually just made use of a, an item I got from Foco recently. I told you a couple shows ago. I have a little bit of a lawn gnome collection. I I want my house to be weird. Like I want people to drive by it or come up, like Uber drivers, like Uber Eats guys, to come up on the porch and be like, "Weird people live here." That, yeah, that's what I want. I have a a Phillies lawn gnome that I put out on the porch today. It's like in the snow next to my ashtray. He's, uh, he's having a great time. He's partying. And you can only get those at FOCO. Who doesn't love a Phillies lawn gnome, man? It's not that long till pitchers and catchers. I bet you they have a Flyers one. If they don't, FOCO, what are you doing? Get on it. Uh, anyway, yeah, FOCO. PHLY10 for 10% off. Don't have... Yeah, it's about an hour there. Uh, I don't want to go too much longer. I got... I got Andrew here. I got Brenna here. They want to get the hell home. So do I. This was a huge win uh, for the Flyers. Big weekend coming up now. They have Colorado Saturday afternoon. We know what kind of game that's going to be. I think Colorado's 10-2 and two in their last 12, something like that. Uh, and Ottawa, it's Claude Giroux, man. Claude Giroux almost single-handedly beat the Flyers earlier in the season, so that'll always be fun. We'll be back for both of those 1 o'clock starts at the Wells Fargo Center. So, Plan accordingly for, to uh, join us for post game. Until then, thank you very much to Charlie O'Connor. Thanks to my producers who helped us along the way. My name is Bill Matz. This is PHLY Flyers presented by Mortgage CS. Check out mortgagecs.com slash PHLY to start your home buying process today. Company M- NMLS ID number one four six four All right, that's it. Uh, have a happy Friday, Philadelphia. My name is Bill Matz. Take it easy.